Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Chris Jesperson of Storybox Cinema. You know, I honestly don't know where to start with the quality of their work. Chris is just an unbelievably talented uh, videographer that just... They've, they've shot in some of the most beautiful destinations on the planet, whether it was Santorini... Phuket, Sardinia, Chris has been all over and he he's really one of the premier destination videographers and today we just we had a chance that we touched on a lot of different topics. We talked about destination wedding filmmaking, we touched on business, we touched on networking, like it was just a really really good well-rounded conversation that that I was really really excited about once once we got done. So um a little bit about Chris. He was named as one of Harper Harper's Bazaar's uh, top wedding videographers in the world. You know, like like I said, you, you have to check out his work. Uh, it's at www.storyboxcinema.com. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm I'm just stoked to get into this. So let's let's get to it. All right, Chris, thank you yes. so much for being here. Uh, I can't tell you how excited we are to talk to you. Like like I said before before we started recording and everything, I'm a, just a huge fan of your work. Uh, some of the destinations you've been through are just simply bananas. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, it's, it's yeah. crazy. So why don't, <laughs> why don't we start at the beginning, uh, with where Storybox cinema started? Yeah, absolutely. And also thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Excited to be here. So yeah, I started Storybox probably four years ago now. Um, and it started, the quick story is I moved from Seattle to Cleveland. Um, my wife was getting a PhD here. was going to start my own video production company. Never wanted to do weddings, like the famous story. Didn't want to touch weddings. Did a friend's wedding back home in Seattle. I, at the time when I moved over here to Cleveland, I was decided that, you know, you're like, these weddings are paying me. So that's cool. I, you know, I'll do a wedding. That's fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, here I am. But that's how it started which was just doing a friend's wedding and then back in Seattle. And then I just kept flying home to shoot weddings in Seattle. And then I, I, it felt like a, uh, it felt like I had to come out in the sense of, I think as a cinematographer, or that's what I'd consider myself. I've worked on big sets and movies and commercial projects. You know, it's not necessarily the coolest thing to do video or wedding video. And so that was like this hard thing I had to reconcile with, but I decided like, I love this stuff. I really do enjoy weddings. I studied journalism in college. Um, and so it's just this awesome little combination of like real life events that are happening. So that's fun. But also we kind of have this structure to play with that we know what's happening during the day. So I ended up just kind of falling in love with it. And now I'm all weddings. So yeah. So first, first started. question, uh, 
did your wife is she is she Doctor Jesperson now? That's maybe not yet. She's doing a dissertation soon, soon, and I'm trying to see if I can get that maybe in front of my name too. Maybe oh, cool. Mr. and Mrs. Doctor yeah. Jesperson. I don't know. Maybe I get that in front of my name. But yes, no, she's almost a doctor, uh, getting her PhD here yeah, in right on, Cleveland. Right on. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of work. I have a couple of buddies that are in their their PhD program, and they're just starting their dissertation. So yeah, crazy. Yeah, they're doing a, is it section one? Insane. I think that's what they call it. So that's where he's at. So. Yeah, Ooh, that's the first step. So once Whoa. once you're in like the doctoral program and you start to write your dissertation, like your actual book, like step section one yeah. is like one of only two classes you take, and then you're just kind of cut loose to do research and that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really arduous process. So got a ton of respect for that. Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, what's funny when you talk about like, oh, I didn't want to shoot wedding video, wedding videos and that kind of stuff is I think I, like I've talked to plenty of people who like don't tell people that they do wedding videography. They, they say things like, oh, I'm a cinematographer. Or I'm yeah. A, like I, I enjoy it. I, I like that. I enjoy the yeah. stress. If that makes sense. Like I, <laughs> absolutely. No, I a hundred percent. makes I, sense. We're all crazy. I enjoy like, oh man, if I screw this up, that's it. There's a yeah, it's kind of like high stakes, and I enjoy that. I think what I never was really interested in was, even though I kind of was pretending to be interested in it, but I was never really interested in shooting movies or big commercials um, because it felt boring to me. Like you're taking days to set up a scene and to shoot this one. You know, I was like, I was really interested in documentaries. That's why I went to school for visual journalism because it was kind of this: the story's happening, unfolding in front of you. Document it, photograph it. And so then that sort of same, like, adrenaline rush that you kind of get from a journalistic story of going out to get the story, interview people, still, I still get that with weddings, and I didn't really ever get that with this commercial work. Um, yeah, it's all on you. So I think... Yeah, I like no, I, uh, I was making scenarios for a virtual firearms simulator company. So it was, it was kind of cool. And I would have to hire out yeah. uh, stunt doubles. And I got to work with stunt doubles who actually worked on, like, major motion pictures like the purge and stuff like that. Like they had oh, done wow. like actual Hollywood work and I'm shooting this stuff yeah. in like literally my backyard. <laughs> and, uh, one of the yeah. guys had made a comment to me about they would like, I just moved the camera and like shifted some things. It was like, let's just do it from this way instead of cause like the lighting was all weird. And uh, yeah. he was like on a set he's like, we would do like night for day. He's like, if the director would have seen that right there, he's like, he would have stopped all production until that evening, set up all the lights around it and recreated daylight so they could control it and then had us reshoot it. And he was like, I love your backyard approach to where you're just like two minutes later, you're like, now let's just move a tripod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just a little slow for me. I'm sure it's very interesting, but I have pretty intense ADHD. And so I think the kind of craziness of a wedding, of a live event, of really not knowing what could happen, it gives me a little bit of adrenaline that's fun that I feel like. Yeah. 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 No, I couldn't agree more. So So what, walk me through the, um, the documentary work. Like, have you, I didn't actually see, did you, have you done some, have you pushed out some little documentaries or have you? Probably like, oh, oh, probably five years ago is when I was more into that. And it was more the direction that I wanted to go. So that's why I went to school for visual journalism. I felt like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to get to learn how to interview people and how to tell these stories, you know, working with newspapers and 
online publications. And so um, that's the sort of work I was interested in when I would do video projects on my own before I ever started weddings. It was always like docu-series, little pieces on different companies and um, very much interested in like the real story and not a, a setup thing. I wasn't as interested in that, but just more interested in being able to like build rapport with people and connect and get to hear really interesting stories um, and tell them in a way that was like ethical. That was a big thing for journalism. Um, and uh, like giving, yeah, making sure the story was what it really was. I think it, there was a cool sense of responsibility that we had as, as journalists, quote unquote journalists, um, is that you're, you know, you're kind of doing a public service in a way. You're trying to get information out in a non-biased way. And so I, I found that really fun to be able to, like your skill set is uh, getting people to open up and, and how to build rapport quickly. Um, how do you take photos that aren't like uh, getting in the way and, and, and ruining the potential of what this story is and how are these photos true to what really happened? All that sort of stuff I got to learn. So, yeah, I don't know. I was just always more interested in the real story than a fake story. I don't even really love watching movies. It's very weird. Um, yeah. I love documentaries. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, so you, you're based out of Cleveland, obviously, right now. So you've been in Cleveland for about four years. Yeah. Have they brought the flats back? I just saw a news article today that they're trying to make it a family friendly well, place. So for, every, so for everybody listening, I'm from Canton, Ohio. So that's, and, uh, uh, when I was growing up, we had what was called the flats, which was, it wasn't family. Like it was, it was, a, it was a bars. Like it was a bunch of <laughs> warehouses that were bars. It was, actually, it was yeah. actually really cool in Cleveland, but yeah, no, yeah, I saw some old footage mm-hmm. of it, like, from years ago, and it was like, this place is popping, like, people rolling up on jet skis and every, you know. So I think they're trying, and I think COVID put a little bit of a damper on everything Cleveland was doing, but it seems to be coming back. Yeah, and this is nothing so. to bash Ohio. Uh, I just, I was there a couple of weeks ago, and one thing that I, I really do love about Ohio is, by and large, like, especially where I grew up, it just hasn't changed. Like it's identical to what it was. Yeah. I left in 99 hmm. and, and, uh, it's just like okay. a, a blueprint, like the waffle house still going, you know what I mean? Like everything is still the same. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm. yeah. There's little pockets that for sure you can tell haven't changed in a while where we live or where we did live was your, near mm-hmm. university circle in Cleveland. And that has apparently has really come up a lot since we moved there. And we, we arrived here right as the RNC was happening, right as kind of LeBron won this championship and, um, you know, now we're getting all the, you know, I'm not really into sports, but I, I do care about sports now because it has such an impact on our city and kind of even the business that we do. So it's been fun to kind of come into Cleveland from Seattle when all this energy was kind of is pumping into it. And there's all these, you know, uh, with the RNC, whether you liked them or not, it was, it was really good for the city. It was a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people coming through and a lot, you know, got to support us in a good way. So it's been really fun to come to a city that is that is working its butt off to like be better and and the sort of things that we get here we just yep. had the NFL draft here and there's cool stuff happening so yeah it's a fun yeah, spot I, I really uh, enjoy it I was really bummed so obviously now that I'm out in New England you 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 have no choice you are a Pats fan you are a Bruins fan like you're a Sox fan yeah like that's or you're just gonna get beat up like that's just how that works out here and uh, yeah. But I, I was super bummed when the Indians didn't win the pennant because that would have meant that the Cavs won 
and the Indians won all in the same year, which would have been phenomenal. That was the other thing. Yeah, that just happened that year when I came. It was crazy. I'm like, I'm a part of this killer town. Like, oh my gosh. And then yeah, they, they, they lost that, and that was sad, but it's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, cool yeah, to watch. Yeah, no, I just can't believe the blue a three to one deficit. Not that anybody here cares about sports. Cause that's the last thing that we should be talking about, but it was just, I was very, <laughs> yeah, no. And, uh, but so let's get back on track. So I, I have a tendency to kind of go all over the place. Yes. Um, oh, me too. Did I read correctly that you are a part owner of a wedding venue in Cleveland? I am an owner of a wedding venue in Cleveland. I'm sitting in it right now. Yes. Um, this is not my house. This is not my own ceremony. This is at our venue. So yes. Um, I that's have a awesome. Venue here in Cleveland. That's now. really, really cool. Like that's, uh, yeah. how did you, how did that? So you, I mean, not like, how did you like wind up? Cause that's, that's a big, like, that's a big jump. Yeah. Which is a good jump. It's just, that's a big jump. It is. Yeah, you know, and so I'd been, uh, me and my business partner, I have a business partner uh, who we work together, who I work together with, and I'd, I'd started traveling all over the country to do these destination weddings as I was kind of starting in the, in the, in the destination market, and I just started seeing all these venues and seeing <laughs> a lot of them sucked, and no offense to anybody, but let's, a lot of them did. It's like these brides and grooms are getting ready in dungeons, and I was like, why? Like, who designed this? And I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of these venues, if they're not hotels, a lot of venues I found were started by people who don't know events, um, who don't have any clue on like how an event happens. Um, and not all of them, but a lot of them that I saw. And I just was like, I think we can do something a little bit better here and just have, be a little thoughtful with it. You know, so purposely making it all white so you can really dress it up however you want. You want to make it a farmhouse? Yeah, you can bring animals and hay into here. I don't care. You can be black tie event. You can dress it all up. And we've had everything in here. Um, and just trying to make sure we have garage doors where you can drive in. We have outlets on every wall, on every single beam so you can plug in. Just trying to think through all the things that I know as a vendor and what I've heard from other vendors. Um, Try to make sure it's all on one floor. You don't have to go upstairs. You can just drive in. Like, just try to make it easy to work in for vendors. So, yeah, that's, we ended up finding this space. And I, you know, my ideas as I started kind of traveling around the world, I was like, I think we could do something here. And then that's the fun part about being in Cleveland. I don't think I could ever do this in another city to start out in at least, you know, um, it's definitely cheaper here to get something started than it would be in LA or in Seattle or something like that. Just millions and millions to do something like this. So here, we were able to make it happen and we opened this about four years ago and yeah. So we have a whole team here and I no, it's awesome. Yeah. Buying so, retail space yeah. in something like downtown Boston would just be good luck. More power to you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, I mean, I'm like, that's why I'm super happy with Cleveland. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to kind of start out. I don't think in any other city, um, but this has given me this great launching pad with great people and the city's really welcomed us and, um, it's just been cool to be. It's been really fun to be a part of a city where it feels like what you're doing is really yeah, contributing, helping, yeah. or hopefully helping. I hope I hope we're helping, but bringing new life to a new neighborhood and I don't know. So it's been no, fun. That's that's awesome, man. Uh, this is actually a perfect segue. I, I want to kind of talk to you about what do you think like led you into this just higher end luxury, just destination wedding market. Yeah, I, to be totally honest, I'm a pretty hyper competitive person. And so I just Mm want to be the best at whatever I do. It doesn't matter what it is. So I think as soon as I started doing weddings, I very quickly saw that, and this may sound funny or something, but I was like, wealthy people also get married. Wow. 
So it was about a year in that I was, you know, I was like, there's, there's other weddings happening. And, and I was seeing these films and these photos, there's like a million dollar weddings. And it was kind of, it felt like Happy Gilmore where they're like, hey, you should just hit the ball in one, like just hit it in once, you know, like just get it in. The, and I was like, oh, I should just do these yeah. weddings. Like that makes more sense to me. It also kind of came from that my, we're not going to always live here in Cleveland. We're going to move. We we're originally from Seattle and I didn't want to have to rebrand myself again. Like every time I moved, I didn't want to say, Okay, now I'm the Cleveland videographer, wedding video guy. And if we move to Missouri or something and say, well, now I'm the Missouri video guy. And if Seattle, okay, now I'm going to have to rebrand yeah. an SEO for the Seattle. It was like, I think there's a market above this, which can kind of like, it doesn't matter. And now it doesn't matter. I mean, and that's kind of the cool part is we're getting ready to move here in probably the next four or five years. Not really getting ready, but it's her, my wife's PhD is coming to an end. And it doesn't matter where I live anymore. So that was really kind of the start of it was like, I don't want to have to have to deal with changing everything again every time why not just do the thing where you don't have to change so now it doesn't matter where i live clients fly us out and made it how, way easier. Uh, how so. many weddings do you have booked for this year and like moving into 2022 i think probably around 20 20 events we're like smashing yeah. them in this year i like don't necessarily want to but because of covid you're yeah. like okay we got to take them so i i think i have two uh this week i have two straight weeks shooting um, most of our events are these kind of three to four day events. So they start midweek and weekend. And then by the time you get back, you fly out again to get there. So I think we have about 20, 25. Um, and then probably maybe, f- I don't know. I actually don't know. I think maybe 10 sure. or so on the books for next yeah, year. We, uh, so. June 4th, 5th and yeah. 6th is our first, like just triple header. And I am not looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, this weekend is crazy. We have, I think, 10 weddings between Storybox and I have another company called Chapter One um, that is contractors, and, uh, but we do the editing and stuff. We can get into that later, but we have about eight weddings this weekend with them, and it is pushing, yep. pushing it. But that's good. That's what we're supposed to do. I think push, you know, it's like I don't really feel super comfortable, and, uh, but that's good. That's what business owners, I guess, are supposed to do is kind of push the limits and keep growing. And so I'm looking at this time as like, okay, I think I'm hitting my breaking point if I would one more. So this weekend is probably the craziest. Like this weekend and next weekend with the June three, four, five, six, whatever, is uh, it's a wild two weeks. I keep telling everyone who works with me, I'm like, if you can just, just two weeks and I'll be back to normal. Two weeks, I'll be back to normal. But yeah, you know what I think <laughs> separates like bad owners and good owners just in general terms is... I, I think that you should live outside of your comfort zone, if that makes sense. Like you should be, and not like in a state of discomfort, yeah. like you're not eating, you're not sleeping. You know, I'm talking about like, right. like today, I have been nonstop all morning long, like just all morning. And then as soon yeah. as we're done with this, I got to roll into something else. Like, and I don't enjoy it, yep. but like, that's just like, it's, you know, it's funny that you were talking about like motivation and drive and that kind of stuff. And my wife jokes with me about how uh, I just have this like insatiable drive. Like there's, yeah. Yeah, it's a little yeah, annoying like sometimes, is, huh? There is. <laughs> I bet. I am That's never how full. I feel sometimes. That is for damn sure. Like I am just never yeah. full. <laughs> oh, me neither. <laughs> so, it's, uh, but it, it can get tiring. I'll, I'll give it that. But, um, but, yeah, sometimes I'm like, just turn off. I just, yeah, I don't want to no, care. But I also but I care. think that's what makes people <laughs> successful because we've been doing this, including COVID. This is year three for us. 
And we're we've okay. we're broken we've broken into that like lower upper target. So like what what if you don't mind yeah. me asking, what what do you charge for a wedding? Just in general. I mean, you don't have to be like super specific, but we no no whatever. Uh, we start at twenty thousand dollars for a wedding <laughs> film. <laughs> this is going to sound so <laughs> awful, but I hate everything you're about. So uh, yeah. no, that is that is awesome. So yeah, that makes sense that you're shooting with Phil. Like all that just clicked. So uh, uh, no man, congratulations. <laughs> That's good. And four years. So just just to paint Thank a you. picture, he said he's been doing this for four years. So that's that is just end over end growth. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was, it's, it's been a crazy four years. That's for sure. I've kind of, I, I've learned, I've learned now looking back that I made that switch kind of, well, obviously very quickly. And then somehow I feel very lucky on how I was able to kind of break in because I know so many people that's the goal. And somehow I was able to do that quickly. I, I have a bunch of reasons why I think it worked and I'm obviously happy to share all those, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult market to break into. It's also super easy in some sense, but it's just kind of, I think it's a lot different than maybe what people are focusing on at a, I, I don't even like to call it lower end, just a normal end wedding videos. Um, I think the, the direction of what people are kind of thinking about and what they're, tr- how they're trying to grow is not the same way. I don't know. That sounds weird, but I just think there's different things you need to be aware of and think about if you're trying to make it into this other market instead of like the gear and oh, do I have this camp? Like it doesn't, none of that really matters. Yeah, but I mean, so, let's, let's not um, detract from so, what yeah. we were talking about just two minutes ago with this insatiable drive. Like there, there are things that, you know, yeah. Is it hard to get in that market? Of course it is. Is it impossible? No, but you also have to be sure. willing to put in the amount of work to get there. So you can't, you can't right. like, and, and I want to be abundantly clear for everybody that's listening. If you're, if you've seen Chris's films, you're getting what you pay for. Like there's, no, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> like that's, you get what you, you pay for. Like for us, like we're in that like five to seven K market right now. And you get a five to seven K yeah. video. Like that's how I look at it. Like that's, if you want, sure. if you can afford Chris, yeah. I would highly recommend going with him. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, like you, you get what you pay for. Like you, you have a video in uh Santorini and then you had one in Phuket that were just bananas. Like they were insane. Yep. And yeah, yeah no, it pretty it's crazy. But I think what, yeah, I don't, it's, it's nuts. Like, you know, when you go to your website, the that hero shot that you have, the video, when that starts, you know yeah. that you're about to get something good. Like that shot, that, yeah, went through the veil. And you're like, yep, this is, this is what I came here for. Yep. I still get goosebumps yeah. from it. I love that shot. I like, even when I got it, I was surprised for myself. I was like, this, yeah. this is my Yeah, this, this is, is, this is, this is going on the website. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, man, no, I was so pumped crazy. on that one. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, but that also goes back to uh, you putting in a significant amount of work to get to that level. Like that's so I I would never yeah you know while while I appreciate you being humble, I also think that it's important to like dude man you're killing it like that's <laughs> thank you <laughs> so thank you yeah you know it is a lot of work and I think um, you know I I think my where I'm at now in, in my head is like uh, and well kind of always but. I'm able to kind of think about it better now is, you know, no, I don't 
I think there are people that think luxury weddings are better and nicer and cooler. I, I don't really care. I think all of them are the same. And you can really choose whatever route you want to take. I think there's a bunch of different routes um, to take as a wedding videographer. You can do a lot of weddings that are mm-hmm. maybe a little bit cheaper um, or in the, in, the, in the whole scale of it. You know, they're not cheap videos, but a cheaper price than maybe what I would charge or even people above me. And you can do a lot of those and maybe they're a little bit less stressful and they're local. And that, that is all something to be aware of. Like I have to travel a lot. I live on an airplane mm-hmm. and that sounds really sexy and really fun, but it has its drawbacks too. So I think it's just whatever you choose. I think I'm really passionate about people figuring out what kind of work that they want and then being the best at that work. Do you want to do like desert films out in the middle of Arizona and all like that's your, then do that. Be the best at that. Do you want to be a stay at home mom who's doing this part time, who's doing the local weddings around here? Do that and be the best. So not everyone wants to be this, the luxury thing because it doesn't connect with a lot of people. So I, I always want to make that clear as I'm kind of talking about what I've done that it, uh, on, on my end, I do not, I see all weddings the same and it's just whatever, that individual kind of had chose, you know, which way that they like to go. Cause I think they're all really beneficial. There's times when I get a wedding back home in Cleveland that I'm like, yeah, oh, thank you. I'll be home tonight. I'll be, I'm leaving today and I'll be home tonight. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So um, it's just kind of figuring out the lifestyle that you want to live and then kind of designing your work around that. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was saying there, but I always am just, I think there's so many amazing wedding cinematographers out there and, it's been so cool to see and not everyone wants what I'm doing and I don't necessarily want what other people are doing, but they're all successful. I think if you're happy, then that's, yeah. I mean, really I think, I think it's want, really so. important for people to understand that there's a market for everything. So it doesn't, you don't have to be put yeah. into a box of say, you know, luxury destin destination weddings. Like you don't, you know, like you can, there's, there's a market for everything. You just need to break into it. And, um, yeah. But I will admit though, you know, I I love to travel. So if somebody's paying if somebody's paying yeah, me like, it is like fun. being being a like do it, like that's sexy. Like I know I don't know how else to put that. Like that to me, that's sexy. So that's, <laughs> let's let's get after it. So uh uh our biggest problem though is uh childcare. So you know, we got we got two little two little rugrats running right. around and that, that's a pain. I mean, not so not a pain in having kids. It's just it, trying to get like childcare right, and that right. stuff can be, can be a pain. So yeah, yeah. no, it definitely but changes it. Like, for I, sure. like what Chris was saying um, though, is we do really well in new England and we, I mean, yeah, let's see. I got, I have a wedding coming up in new Hampshire, which is only like an hour and 20 minutes away from me. So remember new England's tiny. Um, yeah, I think the farthest wedding that I've done is like a three hour drive like that's, and that was in the Berkshires. Yeah. So, and, oh. but that person, yeah, but they, they paid oh, nice. for our entire weekend. So Brit, we brought the kids, you know, Brittany just, yeah. they, we went like hiking and that oh, kind cool. of stuff. And then obviously shot there. It was in 2020. So it was, um, uh, a micro wedding, like 20 people, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, but there, there is though, there's a market. Like if you want to be the best wedding videographer in like St. Louis, then you can, you just, you got to put in some time yeah. and then just get good. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a really firm believer in, uh, one thing that I'm starting to do is outsource my edits and I've been, uh, that's why I had Arceus cool. creative on because I'm starting to use Arceus to do my edits and, uh, oh, nice. because I don't have like a, like, I don't have a background like you do in journalism and you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. my background is all in like political science, 
physical security, like things that are completely different to wedding stuff. So <laughs> while I yeah, think yeah. I'm good with a camera, I'm, I love like super technical stuff. So I really got into like the technical yeah. side of like how to get audio going and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. When that creative piece though of the edit, I'm not that, I struggle with that. So the way I look at it is yeah. I'm not going to try to get better at something that I'm not good at. I'm going to try to get better at something I'm already good at. So. Yep. A thousand percent. A that's thousand why I turn my edits over. Yes. Like you're, yes. You're never going to be, you're never going to be a good editor. It's like, you're, yeah. I mean, you're probably be an amazing editor. What I was trying to say is you're as hard as you try at editing, you're probably never going to be as good yeah. as someone who's naturally gifted. Absolutely at it. Right. That's up here. And it's like, I think that's like one of the biggest things that I try to listen to for just running my own business is just to do the thing that you're really good at and, and, and triple down on that thing. And then that will, I'm not good with details. I'm not good with like numbers. I'm not good with, but you know, but I'm really good at, with people. I'm really good with networking. I don't even like to call it networking, but I'm really good at relationship building, uh, offering value, you know, but like to run a f- successful business, even with the Madison and everything else, you know, it's like no one is ever going to hire me to be an accountant. I'm never going to learn. I'm never, ever going to be as good as an accountant who's just naturally good mm-hmm. at that and who has also studied that. So I think the key for any, anybody running their own business is to find the thing that makes them really special, that they're really good at, triple down on that until you can hire up people who can do the things that you're not good at. And I totally agree with what you're saying, which is just like, what, I don't think it's worth it always to spend time on the things that you suck at because yeah, you're just wind up just being mediocre at a bunch um, of different things. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I kind of want to chat about engaged because uh, oh, cool. one, you know, when I was talking to Phil, you know, so I had Phil and David on. So, so everybody that's listening, um, there's we, cool. I've, I've broken myself into this little circle of very cool people, and uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, one thing that I've seen that everybody has in common is engaged, and Phil, Phil told me that. Yeah. Like one of the single most things that really propelled him from kind of where I'm at to where he's at now was attending engaged. So, yeah, same here. The secret's getting out. There's a lot of videographers there nowadays. You guys should come. Everyone should come. uh, So, well, yeah, the secret's getting out. But Engage is like yeah. the best thing that ever happened to me. No, yeah, I, really I've been chatting life. with... So for so. those of you that, that don't know, Engage is a, uh, is a, I guess, ultra luxury wedding vendor summit. I don't know how else to explain it. Like the like I think the one this summer is in uh, the Amalfi Coast, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. There like, you go. Lake Como is one. And then... There's one there's a bunch in the Bahamas them, yeah. in December. And Brittany and I were talking mm-hmm. about trying yep. to go to that one but the 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 barrier yeah. to entry is what i like to call it is uh yes like so the, the ticket alone is forty five hundred dollars and is it did it go up again up now. Okay. yeah it might be more <laughs> these summer i think are like six thousand but yeah yeah it's a little pricey but for sure what like where I think Brittany and I are at and what I've been talking to, like with my listeners and that kind of stuff, what, what I talk about is this just continuous self-improvement. And I'm not trying to say that we're yeah. the best at anything by any means. I just think that we've kind of exhausted all of the online courses at this point. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really invest anymore in, uh, 
a course to show me, and this is not to knock any courses out there at all, because I've done a bunch and they're all really good, but I don't need to spend sure. more money and say how to do audio or how to, how to use my camera or shoot a, a, a bride prep. Like I've kind of like those. Yeah. You're getting me pumped. You're getting me excited. Cause I'm about to, what? Yes. Sorry, yeah. keep going. I interrupted you. Keep going, and then I'm I'm about to. Yeah, no. So my I, I think like yes. we're we're making this shift <laughs> now into the uh, one the experience, but two the the networking. I know you, I heard you say this. You didn't want to use that term, but this networking yeah, piece yeah. to where we need to start going to events to where we start meeting people, we start yeah. you know building relationships and that kind of stuff, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, right now I got the crosshairs on engaged because that that is there's a very common theme with that. Yeah, baby, so. do it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Unload, unload, May I please. speak to it? <laughs> okay, because I'm real passionate about that. I don't do any courses. I don't pay attention to any of the wedding groups, people groups. I, I, I sometimes will post stuff in there. I normally get made fun of because I, I use red cameras, and so I kind of get attacked by everyone. <laughs> that why, why the hell would you wear use a red camera? Are you stupid? All right, I'll leave. Um, you know, I just think that, okay, my thought is that the reason why Engage works is because it, for nothing else except that it brings people together. Um, as I was growing my business from to try to get to the high end, um, I realize as a business owner myself, I get emails all the time. I don't respond to all my emails. Um, I'm not, you know, there's people that I ignore like everybody does if it's not important that day. And I just realized how much of these, these high-end wedding planners are getting these emails. They're probably, you know, I actually chatted with one. She says she gets 300 new vendors a week um, that try to reach out and get to work with her because those wedding planners are kind of the key holders. Um, and so I found in person a lot happens, even with, in my own life. Like if maybe I'm busy, I can't get a meeting with someone, but once I get a meeting with someone, even just for my own business, things start to happen because it's like you're in front of me and we can start talking and stuff starts to happen. And so I found the value in being in the room is huge. And uh, you know, my thought is that I think a lot of wedding videographers, and, and this is no diss to anybody, it's just my opinion, just my thought on kind of how I got here. I think we focus so much on the gear and all this stuff and kind of like I think a lot of people can be um, kind of gearheads which is exciting and fun and I always get made fun of too because I've read cameras but I don't care about gear so I get it it's like you know, totally can poke fun at me um, but I just think our focus this is what I was talking about before is like I think the focus is kind of wrong for a lot of videographers where it's just the what's the newest camera that it's like you can kind of get caught up in this whole all the gear and, and the newest thing and this sort of but that's never gonna really move you, move the move your business. I, I mean, it's it's fun. That's for sure. It's, if and if it's for fun, that is great. But like, I shot on a C100, that's 1080p all the way up until this year, um, like as my second camera. It's an old camera. I use just. Uh, oh, sorry. I did, a random call just came. Through. No, you're fine. Which, yeah, my bad. No, you're good. All that to say is, I, you know, I've used the same 24 to 70 lens and that's it for four years. I just this year bought some new lenses. It's just not really about the gear, I think, at this at this level. There's an assumption that kind of everyone is really good. I'm assuming um, I've seen some of your stuff and it is, it is amazing. And I'm assuming most people that are listening, their stuff is insane. I mean, people are getting really good at video really quick. Even over COVID, I'm like, there's some new people. I mean, there's like, I will say, there's so many better people than me at, at video. It's not that I'm the best or one of the best wedding 
video people. It's a lot more than that. It's, it's the relationships. It's that uh, mm-hmm. it's not being a weirdo. I, I say like the biggest thing that I do is not be weird. I don't try to sleep with the couple. I don't try to sleep with the clients. I'm not trying to hit on any of the bridesmaids. I'm not doing it's drugs at the wedding. <laughs> Uh, absolutely you'd be surprised there's just a lot of weird people out there that take uh i'm sleeping with a couple that's not you know that's a little intense but uh i just meant like i'm not being creepy i'm not trying to get anything out of this besides that i'm just working for the couple and i'm not being weird i'm not saying weird stuff there's a lot of weird people in this world and i found that out too so i think it's what engage does is allows people to come together and there is this barrier of entry which kind of is nice because there's a, a a level of respect that everyone has for each other when you're there that hey you paid i paid as well like we're all whether i know you or not i know that you're making kind of an investment to be here and you're wanting to kind of at least try to make it to this next level and this is the place to be so if anybody's there um there's this sort of mutual respect that hey we're all like we're trying to we're trying to improve ourselves here um and then you know, I think some people say, oh my gosh, all you ever do is party at Engage and you're just hanging out with people. I'm like, yes. Uh, yeah. There are classes that you can take and that there, there are amazing speakers that I love going to see. Um, but I think, and I would say probably the majority of people who would attend would say the benefit of Engage is, is allowing this space for parties to happen because that's when, that's when real connection happens. And I think it, people don't want to do work with people they don't like. And so why would anybody yeah. ever work with me at such a high level if they don't even know who I am? Or like these people are spending millions of dollars on an event, millions of dollars. And why would they hire some guy who they don't like their, their vendor crew is locked. It is tight because those people that work are good and they deliver every time. Um, But to even break into that, how are you supposed to do that without anybody even knowing who you are? Sure. The work is fine. And my work is great. I think it's, I think it's really good. Um, But there's better work out there from other people. Um, That's not a reason enough to hire me. Just my work. There is a lot of other things on why I get hired now. It's because now, now there's trust. Now there's a trust that they know who, who we are and what we do. But I think that's what Engage does. And I think that's what a lot of times sometimes people miss out on. Um, I see in these wedding groups sometimes, oh, the wedding planner asked for a video edit. Should we do that? And they're like, oh, charge $500. Yeah. No, give it to them for free. What do you need? What, how, I do it for free. Every wedding I do, we try to, every, you know, I see a lot of people nitpicking, uh, how should we add this? No, do it for free. These are your clients. Like the, the wedding planners are your clients. Make them happy and help them out. Be someone who can offer value to every single person. Um, and if you charge for something like that, I think sometimes they can de- actually devalue it. Oh, here's a hundred bucks and we can get you a little video. Now it's only worth a hundred bucks. But if you were to just yeah. do it for free, now you're kind of tapping into you're, you're building a relationship there that really it's a long game, but doing those things over and over, I mean, that's how you start to build relationships with people and they, and they trust you. And so I would just encourage people to really think about who the client is. And for me, a lot of times that client is truly my wedding planners and the people that are hiring me. My clients are the people whose wedding it is obviously. Um, but my consistent clients over and over are these wedding planners and my, and then the people that bring me yeah. on who recommend me. So um, when I see people kind of talking about how much should I charge this planner? Why these annoying planners are always asking for video? You're like, it's not annoying. What a gift. What a gift to be able to show. Like, you give them the gift of video. Yeah. yeah you know um, what I love is that when, when I'm talking to like you, David, Phil, everybody says the same exact thing across the board. Like everybody says the same thing. Like just, you know, one, the client is the planner, which is not wrong. Like you're going to work with there's that like planner two clients, over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
And like when David was on and David is talking about that core group of vendors that he goes to. Yeah. Like that, that level of trust that you have, like that's, that's where you want to be as like in any circle, like you want to be on that list of vendors that somebody calls because they know that a, you're going to show up. You're not going to be creepy. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like you, you need to be on those lists and you're going to get way more weddings from a wedding planner than you are from the couple. And that's not to say to take from the couple by any means, but you have to think about the other people that you're working with too, because they're going to refer you to people. Like that's such a big, a big piece. Um, When I started out, I would do same day edits. I did a wedding in Montenegro. I did a same day edit every single night after we'd shoot 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours, I'd stay up till 4am, do a same day edit. So the wedding planner and all the, Everybody would have a, a, a video the next day. They didn't ask for it. They didn't even know I was doing it. It just showed up in their text message the next morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I, I haven't stopped working with them since. So it's just, I think some people would say, why would you ever do that? That's what, why are you, what do you, that's extra time. Yeah, but it's just kind of thinking a little bit differently that it's not, it's not, there's, there's a longer game to play than just like, how much money can I make at this wedding with this yeah. thing? It's a longer relationship, and those relationships are now turning into friendships, and we're actually friends with a, a lot of our, you know, I am. I'm having a, my birthday is next week. I'm having a bunch of friends over, oh, right all on. the vendor, all my vendors, you know, they're vendors, they're friends, they're my family. It's, so you just get in with people, and then, yeah, they're your good buds, buddies. Yeah, I mean, um, do you, you know what NACE is, the National Association of Catering and Events? So you have NACE and ILEA. Yes. They're, you know, uh, NACE Boston reached out to me yesterday and asked that if I could shoot an event on June 2nd for them, obviously, Hmm. you know, like they, I'd never once did I bring up price because they have me listed as a sponsor. Right. Because, um, and you can't get better. That's thousands of people that are going to, not to mention everybody that's at the event because everybody that's at the event is also a vendor. Yeah. Like it's It's, the, it's it's the monthly meeting. Yeah, so that's what I say. We're like, in a sense, this is all a little easy. Like, that's why I was trying to say it's easy in a sense of if you can kind of open up and see, like, we're making commercials for everybody and we're getting paid to make the commercials and a little extra work. You can, you're making this amazing product for every, and everybody wants a taste of video. Everyone wants good video. Everyone wants it now. And you're the key holder that can do it. So use that. Like, do that. And it doesn't always have to be paid because. And a lot of people don't like that. They think you got to be paid for everything. So, I, you know, don't give away free work. I gave away so much free work in the beginning, so much, um, because it was how to, how, how do I let people know? How, do I, how can I see? How can they see what I do? And not just my work, but how I work. There's no way they're going to be able to see how I work if I don't get to work with them. So the best and quickest way for me is to offer a free video. Um, and so yeah, I, and I guess I want to kind of, I want to separate something though, just this is by personal take there's a strategic way to give away free work and then there's a not so strategic way to do it. Yes. And like, I, I firmly a hundred percent believe with what you're saying. And after, after a wedding event, like I'll try to cut like 10 to 20 second videos of each yeah. thing that one of the other vendors was doing. So nothing too crazy. And yeah. I'll just shoot them at, in Instagram, just a yeah. that 1080 by 1350. And be here, here's an Instagram post for you. It, it takes me like 10 minutes to yeah. take three, four clips, throw them together, color grade yeah. it, and then push it out. And uh, because that builds that good relationship. Where I draw a line, though, is when people are like, oh, 
I'm an Instagram influencer and I'll put, I'll put your work for free up on my, up on my Instagram. But like that, that to me is like, no, like, yeah, no, 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 no. There's no value in that whatsoever. In fact, we, we had our first like celebrity reach out to us. And as soon as I seen their Instagram following, I was like, I know that they're going to say, like, I was just mentally, but they didn't. Oh wow! Like they they paid us our full rate. Like they oh, they booked sick. everything just like normal. Yeah, no. But I was like mentally prepared for like no man. I don't work for exposure bucks. Like, Anything over five hundred thousand point followers, you're like all right. Here comes the ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, fifteen point one million. So it's a big. Uh, <laughs> you know, if people do ask, I always push back on them too. I'm like, great. Can I see your uh, like? Can I see your stats? Can I see all like how much yeah, reach your do you actually get? Yep. Let me see all yep. that, and then I can decide. And some people then ignore because you know, don't talk back to me because then they're like, <gasps> maybe they don't actually have good engagement. So you know, sometimes that stuff is worth it. But I I do not like when <laughs> Instagram influencers come and ask. That is very yeah. annoying. But uh, yeah. So let's. Let's cut to a break real quick. And as soon as we come back, I want to, I want to talk about, I want to get into destination wedding filmmaking because I, we've had, this has been an amazing conversation. So I want to, I want to get into destination wedding filmmaking and, uh, let's, let's take a break just real quick. Sweet. All right. Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back from break. Uh, I'm here with Chris Jesperson of Storybox Cinema, and I I want to get right into destination wedding filmmaking. And one of the reasons why is Chris just does unbelievable work. And obviously, his, his forte is in destination uh, weddings. Like, you've, you've been to Beirut, Lanai, London, uh, Phuket, Santorini, Sardinia. I mean, he's been, he's been at places where people dream to go just on vacation. And yet, you know, he's, he's mastered a way to get paid to get there. So <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's kind of start at the, just like the, the first step. Like, how did you go about like getting the pricing structure down hmm. for the, the, these destination films? Sure. You know, it's, it's a little bit of trial, trial by error. Is that the thing? Uh, it's kind of like learning what other people are, are, pri- are pricing. And, you know, for a long time, I was at that. My highest package was um, $5,000. That's like the most I ever charged when I started four years ago. Um, 
And the product itself actually hasn't changed. I do the same work. I deliver the exact same thing. Um, it's no different than when I was charging the $1,900 even. But it, so it, but there is a, I remember my first time kind of pricing um, for a very luxury job that came to Cleveland. This was before I was really interested in actually doing it, but someone had reached out for this big job. It was a three-day wedding. And I was like, I think we can do it for $8,000. Like, that was crazy to me. And I didn't get the job because I was too cheap. I was too cheap and that scared everybody. They're like, who is this beginner? Who, like, why is he only $8,000? I didn't get the job. And I was just blown away. I was really confused by that. And then it started to click that, yeah, there's kind of this other market that that is not expensive for people. Um, And so just kind of figuring that out and moving up and kind of seeing where you can hit and trying it out. I think there is this sort of, there's two markets. There's kind of this lower end um, again, not lower end videos, but just lower lower priced videos that are maybe nineteen hundred to five thousand dollars. And again, I'm talking out of the whole scheme of things, so I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, but there's sort of this lower market, which is the I think nineteen hundred to five thousand. There's a middle market, which I actually find to be really difficult, which is the six, seven, eight. Is I find that to be the hardest market. Um, and then there's luxury, which I think is like above ten um, or maybe eight to then wherever you want to go. Um, but I find it difficult to actually be in the middle. It, it, it's to me the hardest clients and the hardest to kind of figure out. So I, you know, I had a sales guy, a sales friend of mine, who's an incredible salesperson and said, it's not, it's not about, I, I was like, I don't know how much I can offer, how much more I can offer to raise my prices. Like I'm doing a lot. And at the time I was doing these long films and interviews and He's like, it's not about what you offer. If any salesperson is about the perceived value. Um, and so finally that kind of clicked in. And, and now it's funny to look back that I'm actually offering the exact same thing that I was for $1,900 than I am now for $20. Um, and that's not to say that, I, of course, I'm getting better. We've upgraded our gear. And we, you know, we, we, I think it's definitely worth that. Um, but my goal was always kind of set on that. So I just find it funny that it's really the same thing. Um, but it's, it's not about what more you can offer what more things we have 10 cameras we have five drones now it's like that doesn't really matter um but it's about kind of being in that luxury market and sometimes just pricing yourself there tells people that you're there yeah no that actually that makes a lot of psychological sense yeah 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 (laughs) yeah our our pricing is significantly easier uh we, yeah. uh, we, we kept ours kind of simple because mind you, we, I want to make this abundantly clear. Like we haven't been booked to do any desti- like any out of like real out of state work that sure. would require us to travel, uh, to like fly anywhere or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So we, and I don't like as much as I want to do it, I don't know what is, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, I don't know what's, what's actually like what we can do, but it mm. goes back to that childcare issue. Cause we're, we're in Massachusetts mm. by ourselves. So we, you know, we can't like drop the kids off at grandma's house or something. Cause right. grandma's in Southern California. So, but, uh, we kind of lumped our prices together. So we have our standard prices. Then we have a completely different collection that just has all travel into it for like travel two hours and like two to seven hours and then like, you know, travel out of state. Like we, we just, we kind of, we broke it apart into three, three different 
Like brochures. Uh, do, you, yeah, do you use HoneyBook or anything? Or are you? I have 17 hats. It's kind of like halfway okay. working, but we use it just to send out our uh, proposals. Yeah, yeah. So with, with HoneyBook, you know, we have our brochures. Yeah. And we just have three different brochures that are just labeled Got it. for each one. So nothing nothing crazy. Like we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and we don't have any PDFs or brochures on anything. We Our prices aren't listed anywhere. Um, we just write it up per client when they ask. So. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, for, I think that that's, like I personally, we have our starting price on yeah. the website because we, like if somebody's budget's a thousand bucks and they can't totally. spend more than a grand, like it saves everybody time. Um, oh, for but sure. With, with, you're in a different position though. Because your work is coming in from people who know you, who've, you know what I mean? Like, we're still getting people who just find us on Google. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, no, we send out an initial email, too, because we also get a lot of inquiries that are like, hey, we're, we have this wedding for $1,000. And you're like, hey, I don't think we're going to be the right fit. And they're like, well, what is your price to start at? And you're like, I, I just, I know we're probably not going to be the right fit. No, tell us your prices. What are they? And I'm like, uh, twenty. 20 grand we start at and they're like are you kidding me why would you ever charge and it's, i hang up yeah they hang up on me and you're like i didn't i'm not trying to offend anyone it just is what it is you know my yeah. wedding cost eight thousand dollars when i got married the whole thing i wouldn't have hired myself i get it so <laughs> yeah no but again that goes into those other markets like that yeah. there's a market for it so there's yeah. and i'm sure there's a wonderful wedding videographer in their price range in that market that'll give them a great totally product. And incredible there's so many incredible people out there oh my gosh it's yeah. worrisome. There's good. Yeah, no, I, well, so we, one thing that I'm very, very adamant about when I talk to other people, especially in New England, there are between like 30 and 40,000 weddings here a year. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as competition to me out here. And I don't yeah. mean that to say like, I'm better than everybody. So there's no, no, I mean no. like it doesn't like it. You can, there's enough. Chris, you, yeah, you could be out here shooting 40 weddings at 20K, probably with no problem. And then you sure. could just kick me down the scraps and there would still be plenty for me to give to other people. Like no, and I think it's a good thing to remember. It's fun to be competitive with yourself. I think that I like being competitive with myself, but yeah, there's a lot of weddings. Wedding, There's a ton yeah. of weddings that happen every year. Tons. So there's definitely yeah, enough. This is a, it's, a, it's a great market. Like it's a great, I mean, not like my area, but just weddings in general is a great yeah. Like there, it's a great market. Uh, when, when you're going to a country for the first time, let's say Santorini. Yeah. What, what are you doing to kind of get yourself ready to go? Like, is there like a prep phase or are you just like, let's just toss some stuff in a bag and roll? <laughs> that, uh, you know, I think it, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to say I do not prep. I do prep, but it be, it, it, the, the more you travel or the more I've traveled here, I'm just making this bigger. Okay. The more I've traveled, the travel becomes not stressful to a, uh, at all to where, um, there's been times that I show up places and I, they're like, uh, where are you coming from? And I'm like, ah, uh, I forget because I've just been traveling so much that you're like, Arizona, where am I coming? Seattle. Sorry. I'm coming from Arizona. I'm going, I'm going here. Where, where airport am I am? So I think it becomes a lot easier to travel. The more you travel, you start to kind of get perks and all this stuff. So all that to say is that um, it's very, to me, it's very much just like a normal wedding. It's just I'm flying to get there. And so there isn't a ton of prep for me. I have my same gear. I have my pack that I bring, and I, that's it. I have it all packed into, like, you know, something very similar to probably everybody else. And 
Um, but I, I think I am proud that I've gotten it down to one Pelican case and one carry-on, and that's it. Um, been able to now that is long. impressive. Yeah, it's so, kind of fun. Are you ever worried about like customs when you get somewhere? Like, say, I, I don't know about Italian. I'm just making this up about Italian customs. But like, you get there and they're like, "What's all this camera equipment for?" Like, I mean, what? Yeah, um, it, you know, either we have visas if we need to, uh, or to let them know what we're doing. Or you no, know, we've never been. I've had a lot of custom stops where they ask what I'm doing. I say I'm filming a wedding. Okay, great, awesome. Um, typically it's okay because if we're doing a big destination event, um, they, a lot of people are coming through that customs line or through that line that are going to that event. So it's not, I'm not like this random one-off person. There's probably a lot of other people that they've chatted with. So they know that I'm telling the truth and that I'm not, you know, going there. That to, makes sense. That makes so, a lot of sense. I haven't really had any issues except, uh, Air France and Rome sucks. I just don't like them. Um, They've made me take all my gear out and hold it in my lap, and you know, just whatever. But I was mad at them. Besides that, that no, never awful. any issue. <laughs> what uh, uh, so what do you have in that Pelican case? Now I'm curious because now I have like four Pelican cases for a wedding oh, that's nice. down the street. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So I have in that Pelican case, I have three red Komodos now. Um, the new little red cameras are baby. Actually, I have it back there. But oh, I know uh, what it is. Don't worry. <laughs> those I have three of those three lenses. I have the ND filters, the the variable NDs that click onto them. Then all the batteries that I would need for anything else. So I have the batteries for my mm-hmm. drone, the batteries for my little Ronin that I have, um, and then all the batteries for my camera, mm, and maybe a couple other ancillary things, a couple cords. Be, besides that, everything, all the, the actual chargers are in my bag, in my checked bag. Um, the drone itself is in my checked bag without the battery. Um, all my tripods, I have bought really tiny ones that can all, I buy I have a huge suitcase though, a pretty big one. So I can fit all my clothes in there and all my tripods. Um, and, and then the actual gimbal can go in there as well. You bring in lights uh, with you or? I don't do any lights. Really? All right. Yeah. No lights for Christopher. Maybe that'll change someday, but I've just never done it. So it's a lighter, not bringing lights. So I was asking, yeah. uh, what was I going to say? Completely random question with the Komodos is that that doesn't have autofocus, right? That's all manual. They do actually now, which really? I've always oh. just done manual my whole life. Even when I was on the big uh, movie rig, I would set it and then film. But this has autofocus, a beta autofocus, and it's pretty good. Um, it definitely works. So I that's been a fun surprise. I've never used autofocus yeah. before, and it's kind of cool. We we've been on Panasonic our entire life. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we've never, we don't touch autofocus on that. Like it's just yeah. an exercise in futility. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just leave it alone. We do all manual. Um, so I had a question I wanted to ask you about how much you rely on the venue for things like power lighting, that kind of stuff. But it, so, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not, if you're not bringing lighting, if you like you, I kind of like the approach of, you just, you're there to shoot. You know what I mean? And you, yeah. you shoot like you, like you treat it as every other wedding you're not getting. And I'm not saying, I mean, there is a, there is a line to where you can over prepare for something to where you're, sure. you're, you know, you're getting hitting that point of diminishing returns, but yeah, but I, I, yeah, I treat it like every other wedding because it is, um, you know, there's definitely bigger ones where we're, 
definitely going through timelines and, hey, this is a big moment. But it's the same thing as any other wedding. Hey, these are the big yeah. moments. Great. Um, and we're just making sure that we're staffed correctly. And uh, for those big three, four-day events, we're having three, four people come. And, you know, you just... It's, it's really this, the same. And, you know, I think the one benefit of sometimes being a, working in kind of a, de- a luxury, a more luxury market is, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people working are all at the top of their game, too. So everything yeah. is really well planned. Everything looks perfect. Every, they've lit it perfectly. They uh, Beautiful florals. The, the timeline is scheduled. You have someone there walking everybody through the timeline, exactly how it's going. Uh, and because everyone is kind of at the top of their game, it actually makes the work a little bit easier. Um, it's been the, kind of the funny part about it is it's actually f- easier for me to film some of these weddings than they are. Uh, it's less stressful in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I need to get the shots that I need to get, but you know you're surrounded by very, very talented people across the board, whether it's the caterer to the florist to the designer to the planner um, or the makeup artist. They're all at the top of their game. And so it just makes it easier to work sometimes because they all know they're there for a reason and so they're just a little tighter in how they do things and it's a little bit more on time and a little bit clearer communication is big and um so yeah i don't know so that it does help kind of being surrounded by incredibly talented people um it makes our job a little bit easier too yeah 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 yeah. i I shot a wedding last weekend with a uh, a day of coordinator yeah and that was that was not cool (laughs) <laughs> like that was just like, that was a hot mess. Like I was talking yeah. to the photographer and we were just like, this is, this is border, this is borderline just bad. Like that's so. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah, starts a, somewhere, but yeah, it's kind of fun to work with people who've been doing it a lot. And then it's learning for me every time you get to just be surrounded by incredible, incredibly talented people. And just, I always try, I said this in another podcast, but it sounded stupid, but I try to be a sponge. I just try to listen. I try to shut up a lot, except when I'm on a podcast talking about me. Uh, but I try to listen a lot. And it, my job is just to be there and, and hear and learn. And every wedding is a new learning experience that I can gain new knowledge on. And uh, it just, it's an ever learning thing. I don't know what I'm saying. See, I'm not that good with words. <laughs> but it's fun to, no, it's so just fun I, to, I know, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're saying because I feel the same way doing the podcast because yeah. I meet amazing people that are yes. so much better than I am at doing stuff. And I just get to sit here and listen to them talk yeah. to me about things that they've done to be very successful. It's like what and a treat. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Like I, I don't need to get paid for this. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't like, I don't have sponsors or anything crazy. Like I'm not yeah. balling. I just, I, get more enjoyment out of just yeah. this, like this conversation. Totally. Super like fun. This, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's great. Um, so when, when so just kind of in line with talking with the planner yeah. before the wedding, are they kind of going through with you on like, say, say for these like three, four day events, the yeah. planner I'm assuming has a bunch of things kind of planned out each yeah. day. So it's not just the wedding. Like they have activities Correct. that the couple's going to be doing. And then they kind of, they just, they like walk me through like what they like sit down with you or do you guys have like a, a like a zoom or Skype call? Or yeah. You know, it depends if it's a planner that I've worked with a lot. Um, it's probably a little bit less because we just know how each other, the, uh, the each team works. And so I have a big destination wedding coming up this, uh, in, in a week. 
um, three or four days in Georgia. And, you know, I just got the timeline this week and they're just like, hey, check it over. Um, I, you know what I do see from a lot of uh, luxury destination planners is they really do trust the vendors that they're bringing on and they really want their perspective. Mm-hmm. So we'll get this timeline. Hey, how does this look? You know, is this going to work well with light? Where do you, you know, they respect what we're trying to do too. It's not a, this is when you need to get this photo or else, sorry. It's how does this timeline look? Can we switch things around so you guys can get better imagery? Um, you know, when could, how does this look? Any recommendations? And then we kind of come through and say, hey, maybe we could spread a little bit more time out here. That'd be great. Actually, if we can move this to this time, wonderful. You know, so I, I do find that people are a lot more collaborative and actually really trust and, and, and are looking for the insight from their vendors that they're, they're bringing on. It's not a, it's not a, I don't know, some totalitarian like leader who's just, yeah. this is what you have to do. It's very much more collaborative. Um, so yeah. yeah I mean, and then sometimes I've, we have, we have Skypes and Zooms and, and just talking through it. Sometimes there's a day before walkthrough, but you know, it, it's really the same thing. It's the same thing as really every other wedding. It's just maybe in a bigger spot or maybe there's a couple different locations, but it's, you know, you're filming the same stuff. It's just learning how to, I think really it's just learning how to get there well and, and make sure you're prepped there, making sure you have the right plugins for different, yeah, I have all the different plugs for all the different countries. But besides that, it's really, it's really the same. It's like, hey, this is a welcome party happening this, this evening. Great. Filming the welcome party. Wonderful. Filming the speeches. Great. Tomorrow. Uh, I, do, I do think sometimes the funny part, I think when, when someone starts out, I'll, I'll get a timeline and this may be the only thing I get until I show up that day. Like, they'll just expect me to be there at the time. Enjoy, you know, it, they're not holding my hands with anything, which can be, yeah. I think when I first started, it was a little like, do we need to talk again? Like, hey, I'm boarding my flight. I will be there, you know, because it was so kind of foreign to me to travel across the world. And, and we, you know, yeah, I think that's the most fun part and really a fun part too is as you start to kind of get to know everyone, man, I'm going off on a tangent. I'll stop in a second, but I'll yeah, show up in, in, in Thailand and it's like, oh, you're working this job too. So you kind of have these coworkers that are all over the world that you see all over the world that you don't necessarily know you're working the same event with or I'll go to New York and you're like, oh man, you're on this too. And then I'll go to LA and you're like, good to see you again. Hey, like, so yeah. there's a family of vendors that all kind of work together. That's always kind of fun too. So I think Again, the more you work together, the more it's really nothing too different. And you get to know how all the teams work. And so there's not as much planning because they trust you that you are going to speak up if you need anything. And I trust them that they're going to speak up if they need anything that's out of the ordinary. But besides that, our job is our job, which is to go film and capture this. The contract is with my client or the the couple. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, I know. It seems like everyone... When you get to higher levels, everyone is working together more cohesively. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem as like broken apart and kind of, like it seems yeah. like with some of the weddings that I do, uh, everybody has a singular mission and mm. nobody is really working towards like the same goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And that's something that's that I always try to talk yeah. about too is like, hey, if I'm the videographer and I even say this, if I get to talk to the planners or whoever, you know you're hiring me as a videographer. I'm really a part of this team, this vendor team. That's really the ultimate thing. My job is to make an incredible video for them. If the photographer needs help to move some gear, because this shot is a killer for photography, you bet you know we're going to come and help them move their gear. I'm going to carry their stuff for them. You need me to pick up this piece of trash because this is, it's just everybody is on the same mission to do this thing right. And if that means I need to hold up something as the the designer's trying to build something because I happen to be available standing, done deal. Like no question asked because it's not about me. It's not about my my video. It's not about how cool the location this is. It's about our couple and what they're doing 
and I'm a part of this kind of creative vendor team and collaboration is like number one. We want to make sure if there's a yeah. shot that's better for, for photo, I want the couple to have that shot. I don't want it like to ruin it because I'm being a little jerk and because I'm butthurt about something that the photographer stepped in my, no, it's like super open. Like let's all work together on this and how, you know, or I'm like, Hey photographer, look at this moment happening. And then, you know, that gets reciprocated to me. Then they're like, how can we help you? Hey, Chris, let's get this shot together. You know, it just feels, yeah, it's so much nicer just to be collaborative and, and to trust each other. And it seems to always kind of come out with a better product on all fronts, though, not just the video. You're going to yep. get better photo, better video. You're going to have probably a better floral design because everyone's working together. How can we help you? Um, and I think it's just kind of remembering that we're nobody special. We're hired on to make this incredible event happen. Um, it's not about us at all. <laughs> Like, it really is not about yeah. us. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't remember. They kind of, you know, I think you see people who start to get good and charge a lot and sometimes get an ego and think they're the hottest thing that God's gift to the wet. You know, you're like, you're not. We're all, we are the workers here. And I think that's yeah. always a good thing to remember. We all walk out the back door like everybody else. Um, it's not our party. It's not our time to celebrate. It's our time to work and make sure that they have an incredible party. And so I think it's always key. And, that, and I see that a lot at the high end. That, um, and I also see it not a lot at the high end too. But the people I love working with are humble and, and, and talented and collaborative and don't have an ego. And it's like a joy, a joy to work with those people. When, so when I was talking to Phil, he yeah. had mentioned that once when when he got to where he's at right now that by and large he doesn't really do much with the couple prior to the wedding it's mm-hmm. mainly through the planners and that kind of stuff are you are you kind of in the same boat yeah i think when i started it was all about i really love to connect with my couples and their love mm-hmm. story and let you know i don't talk i i will show up and and i don't know who the couple is i you know um it's it's less in a sense, it's a little bit less special, and some people really don't like that. I think that was actually hard yep. for me at, at, at some at some point, and that I'm not this like we hired you because we love your personality, and we're going to go on date nights together after with all of it. No, 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 that's not happening. I'm the videographer to come and tell their story. If I get the chance and I get to connect, that's great. I'd say, um, you know, eighty percent of the time, I'm not talking to the couple. We try to obviously push for that. I love to get to talk with the couple, but a lot of our clients are high profile individuals who are gonna make it's why they hired a planner they don't want to talk to their videographer necessarily it's that's great i'm glad you're filming our wedding but it, great you we signed the contract great we hope we can't wait to see it it's not rude it's not anything it's just it's not as personal in that sense i'm just another vendor and do we get amazing clients sometimes that really we connect with personally oh yeah all the time it's a little bit less though than when i started out where every client was kind of like, I have this connection with them and I, I'm going to yeah. do it. And there's this deep, meaningful, passionate love connection that I have. It's like, no, none of that. Um, do we love our clients? Absolutely. Do we get to hang out with them sometimes? Absolutely. But it's a little bit more um, removed in a sense. Yeah. Phil, Phil had talked about that because when, when I had him on, we had our first, like a real first interaction with just a planner. Yeah. So no interaction still like the only thing that we did is we, we get our couples a little gift. So yeah. we, we have this thing called Speedwell Coffee out here. They're, oh, they're cool. really good coffee roasters. So we'll, we'll get them like a bag of coffee and you know nothing crazy. And yeah. um, so we sent that to them. They loved it. But other than that, I've never had an interaction with them. 
And yeah. it's foreign to me right now because most of the time it's the couple that reaches out to us. You know, we get on a discovery call with them, et cetera, et cetera. And this go around, it was a planner that I met at a vendor party yeah. here in Boston called B-List. She yeah. got a hold of us and was like, hey, we'd love for you to shoot this wedding. Yeah. We sent her our, our brochure. She signed the contract. You know what I mean? And it's it's not that it's bad. It was right. just different. And that's what I was talking to Phil about. And Phil was like, if you want to get into the luxury market, you need to like detach from that because you're just going to be, it's going to be planners. Like that's, yeah. he's, and he said the same thing you did. It's not, he's not, you know, it's nothing against the couple. He still loves oh. his couples. He'll hang out with them if they want to hang out. He yeah. was just like, but that initial thing revolves all around the planner. Right. And, and I think and knowing okay that, being that. able to I mean, read yeah. that and, and, and know and being aware of that, I think a lot of this is is a social awareness and being self aware and knowing that hey, this is not the right time to try to push for a Skype meeting so I can have a love story call with my cup. No, 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 they don't care necessarily. Uh, some of them do. Now, what it does, what it is difficult sometimes is day of. You're trying to build rapport very quickly. Uh, uh, those first interactions. A lot of times, the photographer may have had an interaction with them before, maybe shooting an engagement. Um, or something with them so they know the photographer. And I will lean on them sometimes to kind of help warm them up to me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not like anyone's rude or anything like that, but it's just wanting to build that rapport quickly so I can get my best work. So when I ask, hey, can we stand over here? They, they trust me and know that, hey, it's not because he's some weird guy. It's because he's a talented videographer who wants to get the best shot for us. Um, so that's all. It's just trying to build a little bit of rapport report quickly day of but yeah you know it's just uh it's just a little bit different and i i wouldn't expect anything anything more from s- some of our clients who are very busy and it's like they, they don't need to talk to their wedding videographer in the same way they don't need to necessarily talk to their florist they're going to trust that the planner who they hired who's really talented has hired the best people for them and that they, they trust that planner um, some planners don't yeah. allow us to talk to the clients they actually restrict it they, and that's fine too Hey, that is not your client. It's their client. That's fine. You know, you, there's just a lot of different ways people do things, and it's being aware enough to kind of be able to read the room and decide, okay, hey, I'm not, I should not even message them on Facebook later or Instagram and say thank you, you know, just one of those um, because that's how this planner does it. And some planners, it's all fun and, and, and everyone's friends, and so it's just learning. But, um, yeah, that can be disheartening sometimes for people because they really want that connection, and that doesn't always happen. But you, there's a lot of other amazing things that happen, though. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how often do you hang out with Cardi B? Oh, uh, just once. <laughs> 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 just once. I was listening to you talk about that. That's why I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> so, uh, what, um, you ever stay a few days over? Like, say you were in Santorini, you ever stay like an extra like three, four days, or like I'm, I'm a, no. or is this just you go come back and because the next week you're you're knocking out something else? It's more that you know, and that was actually pretty hard for me in the beginning. If I can speak on that, I don't know how much time we have left, but that was really difficult for me when I first started out. I'm going to these places that people dream of going, and I'm and it was actually this really hard reconciliation of figuring out how can I do this because I'm going to places that my parents have never been and probably will never go I'm Mm -hmm. to the fanciest resorts in the world that is not relatable to the majority of my friend group uh, or my family and that was very difficult for me to get to go to these places almost live this double life Um, but yeah if I I was to stay a couple nights extra 
I would lose. I mean, a lot of these places we're staying are, are three, four, five thousand dollars a night. Um, I cannot afford to stay three days extra, or else I wouldn't have any money. So um, that was hard. It was kind of weird. You're like, I'm flying in for Greece for two and a half days. I have to switch my sleep schedule 100. percent Tomorrow I have to start shoot the wedding. I have a rehearse or I have a after party the next day, and then I fly out that day back home because I have another wedding. And I, I had to ask a lot of other vendors. I was like, What do you guys do when you come to a new city? They're like, Nothing. I was like, you don't go out and try to see. And I think maybe when I first started, I was trying to see every tourist attraction of every new city I went to, and it was just too much. You can't. Yeah. Um, I, I, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I stayed an extra day because I was like, this is amazing. I stayed an extra day. But I was like the wedding hangover thing where you're just wiped out. You're like, I'm not going to go hiking today. I stayed in my room and watched Netflix all day in Jackson Hole, Wyoming because I was wiped. And you're like, yeah, it's, it, I, it, it's having to make the switch that this is work. And this isn't a vacation. Sometimes there's vacationable moments that happen and, and fun experiences, but we're working our butts off when we're there. You know, you're working 24/7, and you're filming, and you're coming home, you're editing, you're steaming your suit again for the next day. You know, it's like you kind of in work. That's mode. a good point. Um, yeah. And I don't think people realize that that it is. I, I went to Greece. I don't even think I got in the pool once. It's I'm, I'm working the whole time. I, we had this amazing spot with a pool, and but you're just like, but we're working. I don't really have the time. Um, but that was hard for me in the beginning, and now I just know that it is work and that I take the beauty that I get to see a little bit more. Uh, I try to be a bit more present. I try to be present now a lot more. And just if there's a moment that I walk out and I'm like, this is insane, I just try to stop there and kind of take it in because you're like, this is a really lucky job. Um, but, yeah, it, it was hard in the beginning to be like, am I ever going to come back here? I need to eat all the food. And, you're like, and then eventually it's like, this is work, and I, gotta, I have to make sure I'm doing the best for work. And if I'm going out and doing all this eating and staying out late and seeing the track, I'm not going to be in the right kind of mindset for my job, which is why I'm here. And I need to make sure that job is done right so I can come back again someday, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, even myself included, like thinking like, oh, he's going to Greece. Like he's in the morning, getting up, getting coffee, like lounging by the beach, you know, blah, 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 blah. But not actually thinking that, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same routine. Like you're waking up, you're prepping gear, you're offloading footage, you're, you know, you're making stuff, making sure stuff gets put up in a cloud. Like there's, you know, like there's a lot of activities that are going on because it's still a work day, which is kind of sad, but you know, at the same, you know, you're still, you're still shooting, you're still in an amazing location, you know, doing amazing work. Like it's, I think that, uh, I would have personally wanted you to say that, yeah, man, I get it. I get all this downtime and I get a chance to like, hang <laughs> there out are times for bar. sure. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to say I kind of made it sound bad. There are amazing things you get to see. And, and like in Thailand, we stayed a couple extra days because it was relatively cheap to get an Airbnb. And I was like, yeah. man, this was yeah. awesome. I've been to Thailand twice. But- oh, great. I love it there. Maui. Now Maui's the place I will stay extra every time. I've been all over the world and I don't know. I love Maui. Maui is just my spot. I love it there. So anytime I get to work out there, I'm always adding on extra days because I will stay out there. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I, like just I'm, like, so if you were shooting a wedding in Santorini and you were on, because everybody does the boats, the the high speed, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. the boats, like the, the, the water taxi is pretty much what it is. Uh, just being on that while you're filming yeah. is amazing in and of itself. 
Like yeah. you don't need, you know what I mean? Like just, you can be recorded with your gimbal and just look off to the side and you've got, you know, you're still experiencing like cruising yeah. down the Amalfi coast in the ocean. Like that's and sometimes still, my videos are my own reminders. Like we shot this, yeah. we did this, uh, we shot an engage in London and they were at the tower of London and they, they're doing a fireworks show for the first time in history. They've never done that before. They opened the bridge for us. And you're just standing here and you're filming and it's stressful because you're having to get the shot and but you're just like, this is insane. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here right now for this historic moment at the, the tower of London. They're doing fireworks shows for the first time they've ever done. And you just kind of try to look at it for a second, but then you got to get right back to it. And sometimes those videos and afterwards are the ones that I watch and you're like, that yeah. man, that was amazing. Crazy. <laughs> how cool yeah. we got to shoot that. Like yeah. how lucky we are. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's sometimes the, the videos themselves are, are my memories kind of, because you're just focused on trying to make sure you get good stuff that you're kind of in it. But yeah, I try to always take a peek around now and just like, this is crazy. What a cool thing. Yeah. What, how lucky we are to get to do this. Yeah. I mean, I even think that with the, the weddings that we shoot, yeah. Because what I what I try to explain to people is I get to spend one of the happiest moments of someone's life yep. with them. And then they're wanting me to create something that they will be able to remember that moment for the rest of their life. It's crazy. Like I I I, I take a lot of pride in yeah. being able to do something like that. Like I'm very that, that's what I like. Yeah. And even a step further back from that, if I'm not in some crazy location, which I always love being in, but I'm even like on my days off, maybe we haven't booked a lot recently, or maybe it's, I'm still getting to tinker with camera equipment as my job. I'm getting to research. This is something that I love to do. And for a lot of people, it's a hobby. And for me, it is my job. And so I always try to just have a good perspective on maybe if I'm having a down week or down month or down year COVID, um, but that it's like, look, I take a step back again and look at what I get to do for a living. Like I'm working for myself and I get to play and put together camera equipment and, and, and edit these videos and play with technology and, and learn the newest stuff that's happening. You know, I'm like, what a dream. Like how cool that even in the worst videos that I hate shooting, like a, maybe a corporate gig locally that I just don't want to do, but I need to do it because I need to make some money. You're mm-hmm. still like, I still get to play with cameras and I still get to interact with people. And you're like, how cool is that? I mean, we get to have a really fun, fun job yeah, I, at any, I mean, at look, any level. No, this, this right now is a perfect example. Yeah. So this morning, uh, I set up my key light. I set up my hair light. I have a pad prompter in front of me. I have my S5 behind it. I have a, a viewing monitor above it. And then I'm hooked into the computer through a uh, CamLink 4K. So just in the course of doing this podcast for, we've been talking now, we've actually been on for about an hour and 45 minutes. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been, yeah, we've been talking for a minute, which is good. I love it. I'm not just, I'm not complaining. Um, but just in the course of doing that, like, look how much experience I just got. Yeah. Like just how much fun that is compared to punching numbers at a desk in a cubicle. You're like, you're getting to set up lights and you have this creative studio and get to play with cool microphones and your whole set looks way cooler than you know, it looks awesome. And you got to design that and you got to play with, and you're like, you know, you get to engage your brain in a way that I think a lot of people don't get to day to day. And so I just, I always try to take that not for granted. And yeah. And I mean, not to burst your bubble, but this is my basement. Those are, that's, those are his and her matching pull-up bars. No, who, me. who cares? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying you got to be creative and create this and do the light and it looks awesome. And it's like, that is so much more fun than I think than a lot of other people's work. And so yeah, I, just I mean, always even, try to be it's even little things like my yeah. Ikea plant, my Ikea plant right here is just for foreground. It's just yeah. a pop of color and foreground. 
But I had yeah. to put thought into that. Exactly. Like, a- <laughs> and it's like such a lucky job that we all get to do to be creative for a professional, like to be professional creative yeah. type people. I mean, you know, there's hard things that come with it, but I always am like, this was a cool life. This is a cool life for as long as it lasts here. As long as this little fun ride happened, I'm yeah. like, I just try to take it, take it in and be present when I can. Cause you're like, I feel very lucky to get to travel and, and meet with so many amazing people. And, and again, whether it's just here at home shooting little corporate gigs, you're like, that is still, I'm still very lucky to get to do that. Um, and so I just try to make sure I remember that and it seems to be a good mindset to be in. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. Well, Chris, going along with the pull-up bars, I am strong enough to carry that large bag of yours. <laughs> if you need help when you are going somewhere, I can lug that through the jungles for you. I can. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm just saying that I can be your, they call them Sherpas when they're going yeah. up to Mount yeah. Everest. Yeah, yeah, I can be, I have I can a be lot your of, Sherpa. A lot of applicants. I think everybody... Yeah, I could be your Sherpa. Okay. I've had to, that Santorini one. We had to break the whole thing down because we're at the top of a hill, and I had to bring mm-hmm. all my gear, pack it on my backpack, wearing a tuxedo that was wool. I do not know why. Now I have different suits and tuxedos for different locations. I mean, Climates, I almost like yeah. passed out from dehydration because I had to walk all the way down the stairs, all the way back up with all the gear. And I, get, I showed it to my wife, and I'm like, you know, some people think that I'm swimming in the pool. Here's what it really is. It looks like the groom was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, you're just in a flop yeah. sweat. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm like, my face is just flushed and I'm dripping. And he's like, we need to get this guy some water. <laughs> so that's why, uh, you, that's why you got the gimbal. It can absorb, it can absorb the breath. Oh, man. Your... <laughs> well, Chris, I can't tell you how great it was to have you on today. Uh, man, it was a blast. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I want to do this again. And I mean that. Like, I, I want to do this again. I think it was, it was great. I love having conversationalists on. Like, oh, like David, for example. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. But like you, like you, David, like yeah, David yeah. is very good at just speaking. So yeah. we can have like a very natural conversation like this was. Like I'm not trying to like pull information out of somebody. You're like, trying to stop like it. A, You're trying to say, hey, Chris, this thing is over. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I think we have <laughs> to be. I'm just joking. You know, yeah. I, I think that I think two hours is good. <laughs> two hours is great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, this was a blast. But, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time out of your day, you know, getting on, accepting my application to be your Sherpa. Sherpa. You know, I yes. appreciate all that stuff. So yes. uh, for those of you that have not seen Chris's work and that have been under a rock, please go to oh. www.storyboxcinema.com. Uh, you've got to check out the stuff that he's doing. You can see his work at at Storybox Cinema on Instagram. Like he's he is a truly amazing videographer. So you should you should really really check it out. I can't stress that enough. And wow. yeah, so yeah, I'm here for you. The uh, thank you. Uh, you know, also be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you're signed up for a podcast. Join. Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. Chris, again, thank you so much for being here. I hope everybody's staying safe and we will talk to everybody in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house, and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. 
Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Rent a Sony a7S 3 or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with their customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.